0: stop oh, yes, apologizing it's <laughs>
1: fine we wow. still love you David. there's that <laughs> it's like a ghost <laughs> voice <Ooh. laughs>
2: Welcome to Coffee, Rants, and All Things Christian with the Parkview Pastors. I'm David Harris. Joining me, as always, is Daniel Morris, John Seth Salmons, Skylar Teal, and Mike Tatum. We were given a uh, an espresso uh, roasted coffee by uh, our friends Craig and Ellie Tuning, which we appreciate. The coffee company is Lineage Coffee in Orlando, and they call this the 431 Degrees Espresso. We didn't make it drip or anything. I actually went to my house, to my machine, and made some piccolo lattes, so... We'll see how it tastes. Hopefully it's okay.
1: You say piccolo latte? It's a piccolo latte. You're going to explain that? I've never heard that term.
2: In the middle of editing, I realized I never actually explained what a piccolo latte is. But in Italian, piccolo means small. So piccolo latte is basically just a small latte. That's
0: pretty
1: good.
3: That tastes great, dude. That's really good. That's That's really really good. good. Okay, good. Shout out Craig and Ellie for the coffee.
1: Man, That that is a really good...
2: Oh wow, that, that's really good. you
3: actually like it? Yeah, absolutely. You are lying through the skinny your teeth. <laughs> I don't I
2: I I believe you, Mike. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Do, Do you it. I feel like they might need some context as to why you're even yeah. debating that. It's cuz Yeah. I, I can't trust with, Mike.
3: That's all I <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> That's the context. Uh, yeah. No, well, I can't. The,
1: the context is I David said that he he brought in um he was bringing in lattes and then I found out that a, a traditional latte does not have sugar, so I was just immediately concerned that I was not going to like this because to me um, any anytime you're dealing with espresso um you're gonna have sugar and then I just found out I was like today years old when I found out that most good coffee that's espresso blends don't have sugar in them if they're if they're Steamed milk or or something right, like that is, right. is in them, so uh, so that's a that's good to know. Important safety tip. So
2: also in your defense, Mike, cafe con leches are amazing. So just to be clear, I yeah. mean, like even you know those right. are amazing. But. Because
1: that's what I'm used to. Cafe, yeah, with a cafe con leche. I mean, you watch somebody make a cafe con leche. They're going to put like three tablespoons of sugar, right, in right. in two shots of espresso, and then the rest is going to be praise Sweet. the Lord. So yeah, so so it's it's really good, and and I agree that gets the nod from Skyler. There you go. But, you like but this is yeah, different. Right. But it's really, really good. It's yeah. really smooth. The the, yeah. the coffee taste is really good on, on yeah. this one. So thank you. To
2: me, this is the best example of a medium to dark roast coffee that I've really tried ever, honestly. Because and for me, the wheelhouse for darker roast coffee is an espresso, not yes. in anything yeah. else. Yeah. And to me, this tastes really, really, really good.
3: I also think it was just our Barista David man. Mm.
2: Yeah. I mean the yes. the foam.
3: Hey,
0: come on, it's yes. It's good. Hey, come on, come yeah. on. We're oh, good. Yep.
2: Yeah, John Seth already did a shout out, but thank you so much, Craig and Ellie, for just giving this to us out of nowhere. Uh, it's amazing. Yep. And we really appreciate it.
3: Yep. Where where can we find this
0: coffee?
2: I feel like I feel like it's at your house. It, it yeah, it's at my house right so now. So did they
3: give it did to the us? rest of it? <laughs> well,
2: at our next class, they were talking to me about how they. Have listened to our podcast mm-hmm. for a while now. And so they were giving it for our podcast. So right. make of that what you will. To use So well, that means we have
1: to Are you bringing, bring an
0: espresso machine. tomorrow? Is, yeah, that right. what's, is that what's that right.
2: what's Hey, I can do it. <laughs> right. Our mystery banter topic today I sent to Daniel, so he'll read it for us. Ooh, make it a good one. Here, Here
0: we go. Do, 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 do.
2: What's the most anticipated new
0: season of a TV show coming up? Are you even excited about Stranger Things anymore?
1: <laughs> I know, no, right? Oh, that, is that part of the I question? That is part of the question. Yes, I know.
0: I know. They keep I did see, see that stuff. it's
4: supposed to be coming out in the summer.
0: In the summer? Like this summer? Or? I think.
3: Or is it a I summer? I think, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Man. Oh, man, that's hard.
0: I've been anticipating Stranger Things for a long time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Far well, too long.
2: Well, they released the trailer with. I guess I won't yeah, yeah. spoil it, but you know the significant yeah. thing. Yeah, you right. know, right. that happens, and right. it's just been hanging <laughs> there for years now because
0: it's
1: all those years. guys are busy making other movies. It's like That's quit true. putting other movies out there. I have and seen them
4: Finish Stranger Things, please. That the shooting, like recording stuff, is finished. I have seen. Okay, that, I think. Okay. And it's supposed to be coming out in the summer. That's fake news.
0: It might be. I don't know. I mean, like they said it Ready before. That's retiring right. the first time. I'll, <laughs> I will believe it when it releases yeah. and I'm binging it. Right. Hey, hey, man, my man.
2: biggest problem is the same as I've heard almost all of you guys say is that at this point, like what gave the charm to Stranger Things for me was that it was like kids. Uh-huh. And at this point, they're not really that young at all anymore. They're like almost adults now. So Right.
3: Right. Yeah, same thing with the Goonies. Like, right, that's exactly, part of what right. makes it the Goonies. Is the, the
1: Sandlot, thing. all of all of those.
0: I'm afraid we've like cut this the series short because they are they're like they get yeah. too old now. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: right.
3: I don't know. That's Most
0: anticipated <laughs> series, like currently like that's that's upcoming. Huh?
3: Mandalorian because season two would be mine. Series. Season three.
0: I'm with you, Mandalorian. Oh, Mandalorian, yeah. yeah. The next season of Mandalorian.
3: But even like I'm I'm more excited though for the Ahsoka show than I am any other show. Sure, coming out right. No, but that's not a, a.
0: But that's outside the bounds of the question.
3: Exactly. So.
0: Disqualified. Disqualified.
3: I'd say Mando season three.
0: And I don't
1: know. Because
3: I'm. Right. I'm, that's I'm a hard I look. mean, Stranger Things is, is it. I mean, yeah. that's, that's the one that I've been ex- waiting yeah. for. I've
1: been glad though. for that. Of
2: course, again, you. Well, never mind. Well, no, I'm with you. I, I completely agree with you. Yeah. I mean, even though I'm also of the thought that I'm going to be disappointed when it does come out, like it's not going to be as. Right. It's not going to live up the hype, I don't think. Right. But that still is the one I'm anticipating the most. Outer Banks, I haven't heard anything about, but that's a pretty good. They're still filming time. that. Okay.
3: But that's not like for me. It's not the most anticipated. Yeah, no, right. Really that may be for Gen Zers, but yeah, because they all, talk, all students talk about it. So, Space Force season two is coming out. <laughs> oh, is it okay? really? Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, now we're now, yeah. now, now Space we're Force. What, I never World watched really that. Oh, really? No, I never. I, oh. I watched one episode. It's ridiculous,
4: just, but it's funny. Yeah, it is ridiculous. <laughs> Isn't. Isn't Lord of the Rings yes, and happening? Is it already that's
3: out? It's true. No, it's, it's coming out. Yeah. It is coming, coming out this year.
2: I'm, I'm but, excited
0: about it yeah. again. It looks pretty good. Question, but,
4: you know, so, yeah. If exactly. we were to
2: broaden the question to brand new TV shows, yeah. that I'm anticipating the, the Lord of the Rings TV show more than I am Stranger Things. Yeah. Yeah. Like so, I'm be really I'm looking excited forward about to that. Yeah. yeah. What about? I never watched How I Met Your Mother, but there's a new uh, one out. How I Met Your
3: Father. It's got Hillary Duff in it. It's got Hillary Duff
1: in it. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's like something starring Justin Bieber.
0: Yeah, why would you watch that? Know, exactly.
1: Uh, you know what we, we did start last night? Watched two episodes? The Blacklist.
0: Oh, that's the a The Blacklist
1: great show. is good. It's going right now. That's going to be an investment for us because yeah. that's a long, mm-hmm. long series. Yeah. But, uh, Am I? Yeah. You know, I get, yeah, me too. Yeah. Really? Oh, I, thought I mean, two, if, I,
0: if, I, if I dove into it, yeah. I, would, I would probably get hooked, but I'm scared too. Mm-hmm.
3: So Too much of a time commitment. Too much. much. Yeah, yeah. Too much time. Too yeah. long.
2: Yeah. So this week we're diving into the doctrine of Scripture. Um, we're going to take some time to talk about just the doctrine itself, uh, dive deep into that, maybe talk a little bit about what Paul Tripp's book has to say, and then we'll transition to a time where we talk about not just the, the doctrine itself, but how does that apply to our daily lives?
3: I'd say the doctrine of scripture is the, the doctrine that all of our other doctrines flow out of. Cause if you get the doctrine of scripture wrong, you're going to get all the other doctrines wrong.
2: Yeah, I think the
1: authority of scripture is the basis for for all other all other doctrine. And we we talked a little bit about that when we did our our five Solas series. I mean, mm-hmm. the first of the five solas is sola scriptura, um on the authority of scripture alone. Uh so we we understand that we get to look at doctrine through 2000 years of church history, uh but even still uh, all all doctrine uh, that has been um good doctrine has come from scripture even throughout those 2000 years. Um and so what we what we believe we we believe because we believe scripture is true. Right. Um and and so so everything starts with with that. So are we done? <laughs> <laughs> good talk guys, good talk. Yeah, For more info t- go back to the so <laughs> yeah, yeah. scripture. Well, I I think just to kind of get it going um we understand that that creation reveals to us a certain amount of the glory of of God, but but even still, even understanding general revelation in those terms comes from a certain knowledge, a certain level of scripture. Um, at the very least, uh, we know that that humanity, in and of itself, would can look at creation and see. That there's something there's a design to it, there's something bigger to it, but that's why religions have been created throughout the history of humanity ever since Genesis three is what we would say. Um, from the history of humanity, religions have been created because people realize that we are innately in uh, attuned to this idea of of uh spirituality because we're I mean we're made in the image of God, so there's a created spirituality in us. Now that spirituality has been corrupted because of sin. And so, but, but we, we know that it's there. So we've been trying, uh, to recreate our sense of spirituality. And the way we do that is through things like religion, creating gods, that, that kind of stuff. So, so we understand that when you look at, at the creative design, that there is a designer behind, behind all of this. So general revelation gives to us the glory and majesty of, of a God who created it. But it, it falls short. Um, it, it gives us, it gives us the idea that there is a God out there, but it doesn't tell us exactly who that God is. It doesn't give us his nature and his character. It gives us his glory and his majesty, but it doesn't give us the, the personal attributes of, of God. So, uh, and God knows that. So he, he takes that general revelation a step further and he ties it into what we call special revelation. We understand special revelation to be the revealed, uh, uh, God revealed in His Word mm-hmm. in in the Bible, and so when we when when we we talk about that again, you can look at it and you see the majesty and glory of God, um, and you kind of get an idea that that there's something out there, um, and then Scripture points us to what that actually is,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, and so that's why Scripture is so necessary yeah. because it makes that jump from this idea that we're spiritual people um, with you know with something around us, something bigger than us. And it, makes, it helps us make that jump to what that is. And, and in special revelation, we find purpose and meaning yeah. and, and a true picture of humanity and all of those things that we know, yeah. uh, we know are true because Scripture reveals it.
3: Yeah. Paul Tripp says, If there is no such thing as a God-breathed Scripture, if it does not reveal to me the truths that are essential for a knowledge of God, knowledge of self, and the way of salvation, then I have no right or authority to say what is true to myself or to anyone else. The existence, and before then he goes, the existence, inspiration, authority, and trustworthiness of Scripture is the doctrinal foundation upon which every other doctrine stands. Right.
1: Absolutely. Just for instance, in in uh, in the doctrine of anthropology, the study of man and, and humanity and that kind of thing, we, we understand, we can look at the world around us and tell very quickly that things are messed up. We don't need yeah. a Bible to tell us that things are messed yeah. up. What we need is a Bible though, to tell us why. Yeah. Um, because, because, uh, again, there, there are two different worldviews that come. Uh, if, if you start with certain presuppositions, it's going to take you down a path to different con- conclusions. And so if you begin with the presupposition that people are inherently good, then, then you might be inclined to think, well, well, if we just put them in the right environment, or if we just give them the right teaching, or if we just do something better then we can, we can create goodness in our, in our world and we can create a utopia. We have the potential for that. Um, but but the other side to that is what the bible reveals is that we aren't good in fact the bible says there are none good uh, there are none who seek after god we're there are none who are righteous and so when we come at it from that viewpoint we realize um okay now we know why the world is messed up the way it's messed up um it's because there we are inherently not good and so we can't fix that no matter how much uh, is, is education and nature and nurture and all of that important? Absolutely. But, but it's not salvific. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's nothing that can actually, uh, we can't fix what's broken. Um, and, and we need a Bible to tell us that because apart from the Bible, we would, we would not be able to, we would know things are messed up, but we would just keep trying to fix it and keep making these worse. Yeah,
4: absolutely. Yeah. yeah I mean, scripture is the base and foundation of, of like any worldview for, for the believer. Like it, it is the foundation for us, how we think through things, how our, uh, how it determines our ethic, how it determines the way that we live and our actions. Uh, and Paul Tripp mentions those things without, without the Bible, we wouldn't know right from wrong. We wouldn't know. Uh, we wouldn't be, con- know about the um, uh, being convicted or how we would handle c- certain things. Um, I would not know about sin or understand true righteousness. All of these things apart from God's word is the basis for everything that we do. mm mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, according uh, – the the only way we know – the only way that we can be uh, sure of right and wrong is by right. having something like the Bible outside of us mm-hmm. that can point us in that. Other than that, everything is subjective. Yeah, as a true authority. Right.
4: right? This is yeah. the inerrant right. word of God. It is true. Right. Based on that. Yeah. We then know. Right. And,
1: and see, that's the problem with like secularism and humanism is it tries to base truth in something other than yeah. the, the, an, an objective revelation from God. Mm. And, and because of that, we, we're right back where the Bible says we'll always be with that attitude. Every man doing what is right in his own eyes. We'll right. be creating truth for ourselves. And, and what we understand about the, the Bible is that the Bible gives us that truth. And that question about what is truth, that's been asked for centuries. Pilate even asked Jesus, which to me is very ironic, by the way. Jesus is standing there on trial, uh, waiting for his execution, and he starts talking about truth. And Pilate says, what is truth? And if you think about it, Pilate is asking truth personified, what is truth? Yeah. And so truth personified yeah. is standing right there in front of him and he still can't even like, see it. Like, and so, so, and I think that's kind of the issue sometimes with with the way the world treats the Bible is truth is right there in front of us. Mm-hmm. Yet we refuse to acknowledge it and we refuse to see it because we are much more comfortable with developing truth for ourselves. The problem is, is, is that that leads us down a path of destruction. Yeah. Uh, leads us into chaos. Yeah, and what, the, the truth of Scripture brings order back to that.
3: Yeah, which I think is brings up an important point of the fact that Scripture, and the main part of the doctrine of Scripture, is that Scripture was written under and directed by the inspiration of God. Right. Written right. through man, but under the inspiration... Um, uh, and directed by God,
1: right? It, it captures it captures the 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 essence of the the culture by using language. Mm-hmm. It, it captures the essence of humanity by using language. Yeah. God yeah. condescended to reveal Himself in a language that He created in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, for us to be able to use. Yeah. Um, and so, yes, it. So, so when you read the Bible, it, it captures the personality of the author, but we know that that the words that were written were inspired by God. Himself. And yeah. so, so we have four gospels, all tell the story of Jesus, but they tell <clears> it from different perspectives and they tell tell it from different emphases, different, they they accent different accounts of the life of Jesus. And from those four, we get a broader picture of who Jesus was and what he actually did. And so um so I, I think it's important that we do understand that that the Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit, which which makes it Ne- which makes the Holy spirit necessary in order for us to fully yeah. begin understanding understand yeah. and comprehend the truths that are there. Yeah. Um, and, and so, so Paul says, for instance, in, in, uh, uh, first Corinthians, uh, that the natural man can't know spiritual things. So, so the natural man, somebody who doesn't have the Holy Spirit, can pick up the Bible and read it like they'd read a textbook. They can criticize it. They can kind of fine tooth comb it and, and go through all the things. They can break down the structures of the the language that's there. But they're not gonna they're not gonna fully grasp the truth that is there apart from the the indwelling and in the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives.
3: Yeah. I think there's a, re- a really good quote that is sticking with me about that. Mm-hmm. Says, On thirty seven, God rescues me from my foolishness not just by handing me a book, but by also but also by giving me himself to open the wisdom of that book to me. And that was just like, it was convicting for me as well, because as someone who is leading disciples and trying to disciple people, like how often when I think about discipleship, am I like, oh, I got this great book. right? Let me hand you this book. right? Let me show you this book. And uh, it was convicting when I read this, because I was just like, there's some truth in this for me to Mm -hmm. say, how about, Feed them God's word. Mm, right. How about, you know, instead of a book, give them the book. Right. And and walk through scripture. Uh and I'm not knocking I'm not knocking right. books, but my my gut reaction, my you know, my knee-jerk response should always be, let's go through scripture. Right. Let's go through scripture. Let's go through scripture. Instead of, hey, so and so wrote a new book, let's do that. And again, yeah. I'm not saying those are bad. Right. I think they're valuable. Right. But not not in place of. Right.
1: Well, I think Tripp makes the same case there. He does. He says, he says, you know what? I write a book and that book gets distributed to, you know, um, uh, I don't know, thousands of people. Um, he says, but I'm not there to kind of go through that with them and explain every nuance of the language that I used. Yeah. Um, he says, but God gives us a book and then he's right there with us as Mm. we read it, explaining the nuances of the language (laughs) and and explaining the deeper things that that he intended for us to be able to understand in that book. So, so again, in that sense, it's, it's a completely different, Book than any other book that has ever been written. Yeah. Um, and, and yet and yet there, there are because it is so potentially life-changing and because it can it can create a, a worldview that runs uh, counterintuitive and countercultural to everything that we understand and know and believe um, and what we're brought up in, um, people are inclined to uh, not only reject that book, the Bible, but also to tr- attack it because yeah. they need to disprove it in order to validate themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if it left, if it is left, um, not disproven, I'm using, I'm trying to figure out the double negatives there. <laughs> if it is left undisproven, then, then the potential for them to have to change remains. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, so that's why, that's why the Bible constantly comes under attack. Um, and, and, and even and even this false, these false dichotomies are, are put up like, well, you're either going to have, you know, you're either going to believe in science or believe the Bible. There's no, there's no contradiction there. There's no contradiction in any of those things, but they create contradictions so that they can, they can dismiss the truth of the, the, the truth claims of scripture right. yeah. in order to, in order to validate themselves yeah. and live their own lives yeah. Yeah. apart keep, from God. Keep
3: worshiping themselves. Exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And one of the key things is the, I mean, we've mentioned it, the authority of scripture. And because we live in a culture that right. nobody wants to be under authority, then it's naturally going to come under attack. Right. But You're right. what a grace of God to yeah. give us his word. Like one of the <laughs> things in, in here that Paul Tripp mentions, like I would have, without God's word, I would have no idea of my need for rescue right reconciliation mm-hmm. and restoration without god's right. word like, Right. what a grace of god to give us his word
2: yeah i think it's one of the few things you can't really downplay the <laughs> significance of right um i was reading you know as i was preparing for our sunday services in the Go- or in the mark uh, commentary there's a really good luther quote in here where he says the soul can do without all things except the word of god right and you know wow. the reason the commentator put that in there is because they, these crowds were coming and seeing Christ do all these miracles and crazy things. That's but great. then when Jesus starts preaching the word, pre- preaching repentance, they all, they all right. leave, right. you know? And it's like, we can do without all things except the word of God. We can right. do, you know what I'm saying? Like how are we are going to know yeah. of yeah. our sin, the weight of our sin, the need for repentance and yeah. the grace of God. Yeah. If we don't have it, you know, yeah, man, so you can't downplay the significance. Right. That's, that's, that's so
3: good. The way yeah. that Paul Tripp kind of talked about his Bible, Mm-hmm. Yeah, he says, my Bible is my lifelong friend and my companion, my wisest and most faithful teacher, my mentor and my guide. My Bible confronts me when I'm wrong and comforts me when I'm struggling. That the way I don't know, that just really um, that really set well with yeah. me. That really was healing uh, for me just to be reminded of. Uh, he, he starts with that. He starts the chapter and he says it is to be joyfully received because it is the word of God. Mm. Like when we come to Scripture, we should be ready to worship. Like yeah, in in the Word. Right. And I'm just thinking of all the times like I've like, well, I got, you know I, I've got to get in the Word today. Yeah. Instead, and, and like, and I get it. Like you know, I get seasons of life are hard and stressful, and. And it's in those moments that I tend to be like, mm-hmm. like mm. I've got to do one more thing. Yeah. Instead yeah. of like, and, and I, I was, I've just been pray- when I was reading this, I was just praying like God, like renew my zeal for Your Word, right? And like in, in a season that we're entering into right now of just a lot of confusion, to be honest. I'm so glad that we did this podcast today because I needed to be reminded of this truth of the Bible, and that that my Bible, the Bible, like God's Word, can comfort me mm. when I'm struggling. Yeah, and it, can, it can confront me when I'm wrong in these seasons. Yeah. Uh, I just, man, I was just really good. Yeah, because
4: we tend to want to again. We, we want to have our own authority. Like we want to go to our own strength and our own will. (laughs) We should be running to God's word. Right. Right. Cause those are, those are going to be the comforting words that we need from him. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I'm I'm right there with you, John Seth. I mean, you, you, we're doing the same Bible plan right now. So can I honestly say that yesterday Mm -hmm. I was like, man, I'm so ready to go to the word of God. It's living and active. It can change my heart. I'm excited. Or was it day 31 of my reading plan? Yeah. Like, let's go and get this done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. And I, it was, it's the latter for me yesterday, yeah, yeah. you know, and just going through this now, just talking about, it, it's like, man, I did downplay the significance of the word of God even yesterday. Yeah, but yeah. today I don't want that to be that way. I yeah. don't want it to be that way moving yeah. forward. Go ahead.
1: Well, I, I was just, I mean, when I think sometimes we forget that when we, when we engage the word of God, we are engaging mm. with our creator. Yes. We are engaging God, which is why even in our worship services, um, we, we refer to a lot of scripture for me, uh, worship doesn't happen until God's word has been engaged. That's right. That's right. Amen. Uh, yep. Because that, that is God's plan, not yeah. ours. Yeah. Um, yeah. God, yeah. we encounter God in his word. And mm-hmm. so if you're trying to worship apart from the word of God, yeah. then you're just you're spinning your wheels yeah. and not, yeah. nothing's happening. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we don't have anything to say until we hear a word from the Lord. That's right. <laughs> Come
4: on, That's right. Yeah. Man, Uh, one of these things, I don't know if we're ready to move to the application or not, but as we're thinking about like reading plan and that type of thing, when he comes into this scripture for everyday life, if you really believe that the Bible is the word of God preserved by God for you, wouldn't it be the most valued, esteemed, treasured, and well used possession in your life? Mm.
1: Right. (laughs) Right.
4: Like, do I feel that way? Right. Yeah. That's that, I mean, it's a convicting statement. Yeah. Even for me, like, do I feel that way? Right. The most well-used possession
2: in my life, yeah. the most treasured. Begs it, the, begs the question, what is the most treasured possession? In yeah. Possession? Right. Is it my phone? Right. Is it my guitar? Like, what, yeah. you know, what yeah. is it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, mm.
4: but yeah, I, it, but my mind goes to like these, these research things of like Christians who are sitting in church services all the time and they, we're not picking up our Bibles, right. you know, mm. like mm. Right. if we really believe that the Bible is the word of God, if it is God speaking to you, wouldn't it
1: be the most treasured yeah. thing that you have? Mm. So, so why, why does it become not that? Yeah. Um, and I think there are a lot of reasons. Yeah. One though, I think is because we try to use the Bible like a uh like a manual. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Or and we'll only oh, refer yeah. to it when when we when we're in trouble or when there's something that we don't get, and we're trying to figure out, we go to the manual, we mm-hmm. read the directions. You know, one of the things I get what they do. There's a there's a generation that that tried to like uh uh I, I guess uh, make everything an acrostic. And and so like the Bible is like um I, I hear it all the time and you know, I, I get it. The, you know, basic, basic instructions, instructions before leaving earth. You know, here, here's the thing. If that's, is, if that's how you, I mean, that might be the case, but that's not the purpose. That's not, I, I don't know if, if that's what the Bible is to us, then we're missing yeah. what yeah. the Bible is yeah. to us for because real. the Bible is not just a, a, a manual for everyday living. It, does it include that? Can it be a part of that? Yes. But the Bible is there to help us discover the 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 majesty and glory of the creator of the universe. Every story while it involves characters that are in creation reveals the one who created them. He is the hero of every yeah. story mm-hmm. and every, and the the attributes and the nature and character of a god who loved us and then created us out of that love and then saved us out of that love is what is being revealed in that scripture. Not, um, okay. This is what you have to do. The first thing in your morning, you have to brush your teeth and, you know, tie your shoes and do all of these other things. And if you do this, then this will happen. If you do these five things then this will happen. And it's so often we relegate the Bible to, you know, like five steps to, you know, good finances or, you know, whatever. Does the Bible speak to to biblical stewardship? Absolutely. Does it speak to um, uh, other things in our lives? Absolutely. But but it's so much more than that. And I think when we relegate it to just basic instructions for us, um, then it dilutes the importance of Scripture, and it becomes something less yeah. than what it's supposed to yeah,
2: be. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. For some reason, my mind, when you were saying that, to me, what that mindset of the Bible does to the significance of the Bible is the same way have you all know what Pascal's wager is? Yeah, it's yeah. the same way it's the same thing that does to what salvation is and what following Christ is. Right. Like it downplays the significance of it. Because I Pascal's wager says, you know, like if there isn't a God, then Christians have lost nothing. But if there is, right. then you know, so basically like the the positive outweigh the negatives right. kind of thing, you know, sort of like
1: and again, I get even even that wager as an argument and as a as a potential apologetic. But you're right. I think that it dilutes the, the
2: maybe the weight of it.
1: The, you yeah, know, yeah. I, I think so. I, yeah. It's like it's like believing in something just in case. Right. I don't right. think that actually works. <laughs> right. You know, right. I don't, exactly. right. I, I, there's no power in that. Right. Oh, um, the, the disciples did not there's die no that. Uh, because. Because they, uh, just in case.
2: Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Right. Yes. 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 exactly. So, they were convinced. Yeah. right? There's no faith in that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So,
3: so I felt like Paul Tripp was beating me over the head with a baseball bat. <laughs> oh, yeah. The first, like, two pages, honestly, uh, the whole book so far, but specifically every the, Paul Tripp. the first two pages of this book, uh, the second chapter, I was just like, Paul, I don't know if I can keep reading this book, man. <laughs> like, and and specifically what stuck out the most is many of us do not spend daily time in our Bibles. Many of us have a low level of biblical literacy and a lack, uh, lack clear theological understanding. Many of us have voices of influence in our lives that are functionally more authoritative than Scripture. Many of us are not students of God's Word. Many of us are only fed from it from, for one hour each week as we gather together for worship. No wonder it doesn't influence our sense of identity, the way we make decisions, the shape of our friendships, and and their continue on repeatedly getting hit in the head by a baseball <laughs> <guy>. Every line, <laundry. laughs> But it just, oh my gosh, like if we could grasp even just a little deeper of an understanding of the doctrine of Scripture, I would ju- man, how reviving to a church would it be if every congregation member saw scripture this mm, way. Come on. Right? Absolutely. I like,
1: love, At the end of that list, it's no wonder that the Church of Jesus Christ is a dysfunctional army in many ways and in too many places spending more time <laughs> dealing with its weak, sick, and wounded than it does taking the next hill for the sake of God's <laughs> kingdom and the work of His glorious gospel of grace. Mm. I mean, absolutely. Um, do we care for those that are, that are in our church family? Absolutely. Yes. Are we a hospital for the sick? Uh, ab- Jesus talks about that. Yes. You know, being there for that. But... The primary mission of the church is to take that next hill for the glory of the kingdom to accomplish and further the advancement of the gospel in fulfilling the great commission. And uh, at some point, the only way we're going to do that is if we have taken seriously um, everything that scripture has to offer mm. uh, in, in that. So, mm.
3: yeah. What if, like, what if? I know, I know. What if, our, like, what if we were all just so overwhelmed? With scripture and the beauty of scripture and how scripture affects us daily to the point of it actually transforming our lives mm-hmm. to where it does shape our identity, it does shape the way we make decisions, our friendships, our educations, where we pursue our jobs and careers, the way we parent and deal with conflict, all of these things. Oh my goodness.
1: And again, that that's the practical application. (laughs) The practical application is certainly included in it. It is not less than that, but it is so much more Mm. than that because it all starts with the, the, the the foundational understanding of who our creator is and what he created us to be. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that is image bearers of himself. Yeah. And so that image is going to play itself out in everyday aspects of our lives. Um, in the, in, in everything that we do, we're either going to model the image of God or we're not. And the only way we can know if we're modeling the image of God is we are in the word that has revealed that image. Yeah. So, so and that's how it all kind of ties together. I, I think, Yeah. Um, yeah.
3: It, you know, it, it gives like multiple ways that God's word affects our lives. He says, mm-hmm. let us consider what God provides for us in and through his word. Right. And on the first yeah, I love I love how he did he does he did this to all of them. Right. But for God's word saves, you know. There's a sentence, you know, the word of God is essential not only for justifying grace, but for the sanctifying grace as well. And then he gives you here's how you take this seriously. Here's how you apply this. Right. You commit yourself to regular study of God's word. Right. If God's word is what sanctifies us, right, through the power of the Spirit then we should be committed to that. We should be committed to reading our Bibles daily. Right. And like, I, I've even fallen into the trap of like, you know, it's okay if I read, you know, three, you know, four times a week and say like seven, you're asking a lot of me, God, like, right. come on every single day. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> if I just, just saw God's word for what it is and actually like looked for it and, and tried a little. Right. It wouldn't be a, you know, like you were saying earlier, David, like it wouldn't be just a, all right, got to do it. It would be a, I get to. Right. Like I think so often I forget, and I don't want to blanket everyone, but I so often forget that when I, like you said earlier, Mike, like I'm communing with God. Like I'm reading His very words, and that just, Mm -hmm. that should affect me. Right, yeah. It should bring me to worship.
2: Yeah, and I think, and I'm totally with you, I've been there, but I think why we maybe have so many wounded soldiers, as he put, is because we'll say uh, seven days, every single day is asking a lot when every single day I'm on YouTube or Netflix yeah, or all these right. things. Exactly. And those things are teaching me and putting things into my brain that sink into my heart yeah. that are going to you know, help me to be an image bearer worse. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, right.
3: Well, it's because we're discipled by Netflix more than we are God's word.
2: Yeah. Anybody... I worded that so we... Yeah. Kind it's of okay. We got, yeah, we got it. We got got it. It's just so it kind, kind of it. ironic that we had a banter topic about TV shows. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh yeah. dang! Well, We're,
0: now I'm convinced way to, to go. go. Yeah. David. Yeah. Classic now you played that on purpose. From this point
2: forward, every banter topic will be a second or third tier issue of scripture. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Man. So so, uh, Trip mentions some some of the things that God's Word does, and I like the way he outlines. Uh, A lot of this, he says, you know, God's word saves, um, again, general revelation might point us to a designer and the, some like a prevenient or a general grace that is out there knowing that it is, it is by the provision of God that our crops are watered and, and those kind of things happen. But, but, uh, the, the Bible, God's word points us, uh, to the fact, first of all, that we need to be saved. And then it points us to the way we're saved. And so God's word um, saves us apart from yeah. th- that special revelation of the need for salvation. Yeah. We would, we would not be saved. And
0: I love the way like in that section, he yeah. is, he's not talking just about salvation. He's talking about how he saves the believer over and over. Yeah. continues. Right. You're feeling yes, defeated right. by secret sins. You should run to God in confession, but also run to his word. Yeah. You struggle with anger, run to God for help, but also yeah. to the Tools primary work. tool. That's to right. Help. I, I just I love that.
3: Yeah. And like for students, I was thinking, you know, a lot of students, currently not just in our student ministry but widespread just this spirit of anxiety and lack of purpose and meaning and and right. i lo- i highlighted this to, to keep in keep in my notebook to be able to pull out and say this to students because it's so encouraging if you seem to lack meaning and purpose it is the word of god that will again and again give you the reason to get up in the morning and a purpose worth living for like suicide is on the rise right amongst teenagers right. and like it's because they're lacking purpose. Right. And they're meaning. finding their
1: value in things that are, that are temporal. Yes. Um, and
3: they're not, and like, this is so, this is a tangible practical thing that is simple. You know, right. like it's like, look, God's word does this. Right. God's word shows you. And like being able to pull that out and show, and show them God's word and say, this is where our purpose lies. Right. Like it, it would just really. Yeah.
1: Well, that's the second one. God's word points. Um, and he, and he brings out second Corinthians five fifteen, and he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves. The Bible gives us something bigger to live towards, it gives us some, it gives us a meaning and purpose beyond ourselves. Um, and, and again, yeah. apart from that, you, it, and, and, and the, now to, to be fair, uh, the world can offer some of those things as well. The world will offer causes for which to live that we, that we can yeah. live towards. Um, but, but, uh but the the bible gives us that and more it gives yep. us something even beyond the great humanitarian causes of this world it gives us a kingdom cause to yep. live for because yep. as good as the humanitarian causes in this world really are they're still temporal but when you begin living for the glory of a kingdom that is eternal man then you have then you have impact beyond measure yep. and beyond anything you can you can uh understand this side of of heaven
3: recent conversations of me with people trying to share the gospel with them the line it teaches us that self-worship is bondage and true freedom is found only when you surrender your heart to the worship of god that really struck a chord just from recent conversations i've had and just like i mean you either worship god or you worship yourself right yeah and i love that god's word points us to the fact that you know, actually, when you worship yourself, you're, you're enslaving yourself.
2: Right. To yeah. yourself. Right. Yeah. Could that be any more countercultural? <laughs> yeah. right. oh my gosh. You know what I mean? Yes.
3: But yeah.
1: even, even let's go even outside of our culture and, and go into, uh, some of the cultures that may be more animistic in nature as far yeah. as their mm. spirituality or their yeah. religion. All they're doing is they're creating, uh, little g gods that are superhuman forms of themselves. So even, even they're doing, they're participating exactly. in self-worship without even realizing they think they're worshiping um, gods, but the gods that they're worshiping are just, are, are created in their image. Um, th- this, and that's, again, why we need the special revelation of God yeah. and why we need the Bible and why we need to trust what God's word says, because it describes um, in a way that nothing else can or, or is able to the one yeah. true God, that's the right. God above all gods.
3: Yeah. Um, <laughs> god's word teaches us in ways unlike anything else. And I love it. It deconstructs the thoughts and motives of your heart and then reconstructs them. And this one I've I starred because, you know, I could have highlighted the whole book. But this one I starred on page 47. You cannot sit under the teaching of the Word of God. With an open and willing heart, and remain the same. Remain the same oh, yeah. Like
1: I, I made a sticky note of
0: that.
3: <laughs> like, of that quote,
1: the same thing. Yeah. Like, come on, right? So
3: good. If you have remained the same, if you yeah. are in the same place spiritually right. that you've been right. for forty years, something's off.
1: Which is why we can't relegate our understanding of the Bible to a one-time experience in our lives. The way many yes. of us have relegated our salvation experience, yes. we've relegated our salvation experience to like this rite of passage or this. <laughs> this uh, religious ritual. Um, and then, and so we think that we're okay. And so we just move on. That's like, we, we depend on our justification without any sense of sanctification. And, it, and, and what we need to be careful of is the book of Hebrews warns us that there's no such <laughs> thing. Uh, there's no such thing as justification without sanctification. Yeah. Um, and that's so, a confirmation class. <laughs> right. So, so I think God's word is the same. It, it does save us, but then it stays with us yes. to, um, to transform us. Um, yeah. It's, it's a, I mean, it's not just about rescue and salvation It's about transformation and uh, reflecting the image of God and his glory. Something that will only be done as we encounter him in his word. And if we're out there trying to find, if we're out there thinking that we're okay because we've been saved, but we're still creating God in the image of other things, uh, then, then we're not, we're not being sanctified and we're not drawing close to him. And, and we may be uh, dangerously close to not even being saved. Yeah. So,
3: I mean, that's what it brings up like right. the question is like if you are the same, right, and you've been sitting under the God's word for years, right like you've at least got to ask the question to yourself, yeah it, yeah <laughs> like, am i am I you know am I right. a believer
1: <laughs> and and here's the thing I think that that folks can get get by with the idea that God's word teaches, even even nonbelievers, they can read the Bible for that va- for Good moral, of value, right, yeah. so God's word teaches. God's word, um, you know, saves. That might that might stir the culture a little bit because they don't know that there's a need for salvation, so they might not be sure about that. God's word rescues, kind of kind of the same thing. But but a lot of people do treat the Bible as kind of a self help book where oh, they yeah. can be rescued from their own, uh, you know, oh, yeah. emotional dependence on other other things or, or whatever. Um, but here's the one that I think they take the exception to the most and, and one that we even try to steer away from is God's word warns. Nope. Yeah. Nope. No, you know, people don't want to be warned about something. Um, especially if, if, if that warning, uh, requires them to change their course, um, or change their activity or change their action. But God's word, um, warns us. He warned Eve of the cons, and Adam of the consequences of disobedience. And so he warns us of the consequences of disobedience. And what I find ironic in all of that is people disobey and then they wonder why they have to face consequences You're to like, their disobedience. What, it's God? like, it's what, in there. <laughs> it's right, it's right there. Um, yeah. you know, so, so what we do is we've created a world. Uh, and and we've created a definition of, of freedom and liberty that says well we should be able to do whatever we want without consequence and if there are consequences then we expect the government to come up with either some remedy some some grant or some pill or something that can that can remedy my dumb decision mm-hmm. um, you know and and so so we want a world without consequences and that just doesn't exist and yeah. the Bible warns us of that it tells us of that um, and yet we still try to find our way around it it's yeah. just uh and we all we all do it.
0: Yeah, I love this. Why are there so many warnings in Scripture? They're there because God loves us. Yeah, right. A yes. warning is not a judgment. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. With fatherly care, oh he he warns
4: us. Yes. It's, it's out of his love. It's out of his goodness. It's for our good. Yeah. That he warns us. Of these and things, and for is, his
1: his and we get that with our own children. Mm. You know, we warn yeah. our own children. Yeah. You know, don't touch that. That's hot. Yeah. You know, but we Mike, warn. We're them. not children. I know <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. Or so we think. Or so Manly. we think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the, and along the same lines, that next section, God's word protects. It, it, mm. it, it does all of this to protect us. Um, uh, we well, need boundaries. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and, we, and, we and, and, and the thing is, even those, even, I mean, let's, let's back out of the spiritual realm and get into the realm of just, uh, of, of, uh, politics and civics. Even the, even the, the structure of the Constitution has, has boundaries. And I mean, we're, they're writing a document that's going to provide... you know, freedom and democracy, as far as we, we think in terms of, of civic, you know, responsibilities. But even in that document, there are, there are boundaries, there are limitations. Um, we, mm-hmm. for society to maintain order, there's going to be some boundaries or limitations. Why is it so difficult for us to understand that outside of society and something bigger than society and the created order? Mm. Um, it, there's going to be some boundaries even in the created order. And yeah. the way we know that is because we know that in the societies that we create, there has to be order. Yeah. There has to be boundaries, or you have, or you don't have society.
3: Yeah, I love when he, how he talks about the boundaries here. Mm-hmm. They protect us from danger, and they draw us toward a deeper dependency and communion with Him. God graces us with His law. Right. Whew, that's so yeah. good. Like mm-hmm. these boundaries right. that Scripture sets, they are for our right. good. They they draw us to to God. That's right. the whole point.
1: And we've made that point before is that even the, you know, we too often, we look at the Bible as two different books, the Old Testament and the New Testament. One is law, one is grace, but we've made that point before in, in other discussions, even the giving of the law is, the, is a grace of God. Yeah. So the entirety of scripture is his grace extended to us.
3: There's so much. Yeah. I mean, God's, so much. God's word convicts. Oh my God. God's that one, word yeah, that one guides. God's sure.
1: word motivates. God's word confronts. It does all it of encourages. these things for us. It encourages.
3: Oh yeah. man. The, I, I almost highlighted, and underlined yeah. everything in that section.
1: Right. Um, but I, I liked the paragraph I thought of uh, I thought of David on uh, on page 60 at the end of page 60 that last paragraph. He <laughs> yeah. talks about the spontaneous journey of jazz. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh and because David for those of you who don't know, uh our podcast host is a jazz. He
3: uh, loves Kenny G. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Too be That's clear, not jazz. <laughs>
1: That's not um, jazz. But David uh, David is uh, loves jazz and I would I would suggest that he probably loves the spontaneity of, uh, of the music that is produced when jazz is being produced. So it's kind of like structured, but it's, but it's free. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. And, uh, and, and I think, and I think that's what, what God offers us as Mm -hmm. well is we, he offers us order. He offers us structure, but he also offers us freedom. In other words, God is the only entity that can write uh, a story, Um. where the, the beginning to the end is, is, is written, but then he can give all the characters the freedom to do whatever they want. Mm. And his purposes, his story still be told. And I think that's what jazz is, is you've got kind of a, a structure there, but then the instrumentalists have the freedom to do what they want. That's right. And yet the beginning to the end is still, is still there. Yep. Uh, well, and, and it's still a song. So
2: if that's the only positive thing you ever say about jazz, I'll take it. That's, hey, those are really, are good, really I'm, good good <laughs> I'm good with jazz.
1: I'm good with jazz in the background when I'm, when I'm having it, Okay, you dinner. lost me. Let's move on. <laughs> 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 That's right. So what, what, what's the uh, what's the take home? What's the application? Other than just like read your Bible yeah, more. Um, For
4: me, it's there, like you know, a treasure your a Bible. Treasure it. Like, yeah. 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 If uh, I go back to that question. Like if we believe that this is the inspired, preserved word of God, if it's God speaking to us, wouldn't it be the most treasured, valued thing that you have? Yeah. Right.
2: Yep.
3: When you get the when you get the word of God, you also get the God of the Word, and that is a beautiful thing. Yeah. I good. wanna believe that every time I open the yeah, Bible. Wow. Mm. So read your Bibles, people. Right. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Worship the Lord through your scripture reading. Catch up.
1: We're in February, so you gotta catch come up in your Bible reading plan of January. Hey, come on. <laughs> All
3: right. Don't forget about the form where you can send me questions <laughs> at pbclc.com slash podcast. Please follow or subscribe and leave us a five-star rating, please. And thank you. Ladies
0: and gentlemen, Man, have a good rest you of your let day. let the guy preach a Sunday and he takes
1: over everything.
0: I like hey, it, it, we're using I like it better when David does it.
3: Dang it. I'm sorry. I just I felt it. I, just, I saw it. I, was I know. You're bored. there.
2: You're there. Wait. We'll see you next time. Oh,
3: awesome. So awesome. oh my gosh, dude. That was truly bro. bro.